All right, let's open to Ephesians chapter 1 this morning. I'm always grateful on this Sunday, uh, it's Pastor Appreciation Sunday, and, and uh, you, I always get appreciation all year round, okay? Uh, so I, I'm grateful all year round, and I, I, I don't, uh, well, I'm just grateful for all of you, okay? I've been here for over nine years, and it's the longest I've been anywhere uh, in my life except growing up when, uh, uh, you know, until I went off to school, and my family loves it here. Uh, my wife loves it here. Um, that's all good, okay? And and uh, despite my many weaknesses and foibles and uh, inefficiencies, you all seem to uh, put up with them, look look past them, work with them, however it is. Uh, I would just remind you that, uh, uh, you know, ministers are... Just as fallible as anybody else, <laughs> and 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 about and just as an aside, and, and about two weeks ago, I had to deal with two of them who really demonstrated their fallibility. How about that? <laughs> but God was gracious in the midst of that and is is working in their lives. But it was just a reminder of how how close sin is in all of our lives, how close it is to knock on the door of our lives and and to invite us in. And how diligent we have to be and how little things can, can, can add up. And when you add four or five little things, all of a sudden, you're off the track. And you go, well, how in the world did I get here? And you have to examine. And why, you say, why didn't I see those in the middle of them? And say, well, you know, sin is fun, isn't it? For the moment. It, has, it entices us for the moment. It seems like this is the best thing. And then afterwards leaves us empty, leaves us longing for something else. Christ never leaves us longing for something else. Never leaves us out there by ourselves. Never abandons us. He says, you are within my hand and you, I will never leave you or forsake you. And he clings to us and we can never be taken from his hand. Sin uses us and leaves us. Christ loves us and keeps us. So let's keep that in mind today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to you today, we are grateful for the blessings you bestow upon us. We are grateful that you love the likes of us. You love us so much, in fact, that you gave your son that only his blood His life given for us, a sacrifice for us, only that could pay the penalty for our sin. Only that could restore us to fellowship with you. Only that could restore this broken relationship with the one who has created us. The one who knows every hair on our head, every word before it's on our lips. Lord, we are grateful for your love and care. And ask that today you would come and fill our hearts and minds with your word. That we would be reminded of your blessings, Lord, and what it is that you call us to do with them. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to keep your Bibles open to Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to be there in just a few moments. Okay, this is is going to be one of the questions that God asked you to let you into heaven. Um, 
in the in the in between section there when I say now Anne's going to play for us and let's prepare our hearts for worship the first half of the piece that she played was an arrangement of what hymn none of you are going to heaven I can see that okay <laughs> none of you are going to and, okay and the only reason I I heard it I heard it in the arrangement was because I have the words here When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Count your blessings, name them one, one by one, count your blessings, see what God has done. Now, this was written back in the 1800s by a Methodist preacher businessman he was one of those guys who uh, would work but yet feel felt a call upon the Lord and and the Methodists had licensed him to go and preach and and he also wrote wrote about 5,500 hymns Uh, we only really know this one maybe one or two others I guess if you were a Methodist in England you would know those but his name was Johnson Oatman and when he wrote this hymn it became an instant hit now, you think, in the eight, late 1800s, how did something become an instant hit, and what categorized it there? Now, today, we'd all have it on our, our iPods or on our phones. It'd be playing on the, the radio, and we would get sick of it after about, um, I don't know, three weeks, two weeks, because we heard it so much, and we think, isn't there anything else? Don't they have any other songs to play? Well, the newspaper in London, the London Daily, said, In South London, men sing it, the boys whistle it, and the, men, and the women rock their babies to sleep on this hymn. Okay? In all the Welsh revivals in the early part of the 1900s, this hymn was a standard as well as Guide Me, O Thy Great Jehovah. Every service they would sing, Count Your Many Blessings. Count Your Many Blessings. Now, the hymn's nice enough. I won't sing it for you. The hymn's nice enough. It reminds us that when we struggle with life, we should count the blessings that the Lord has bestowed upon us. To remind us, as the last verse says, of his comfort to the journey's end. Of his comfort to the journey's end. And this is fine. We need to be reminded to keep our eyes upon the Lord. In the, in the classic hymn, It Is Well With My Soul, H.G. Spafford wrote... It is well with my soul. As sea billows roll, it's well with my soul. He wrote that hymn after getting the news from his wife that only she was saved in a shipwreck and all that the children, all the children had perished and she was saved alone. Now, when we struggle with things, when we think we're at our lowest point and the Lord has forgotten us, it's important to be reminded of his constant care for us and of his constant blessings that he has bestowed upon us and his love for us. Even though we're fickle and we live in this changing world and all these things are happening, God is constant. When he says he loves us, that's it. Frankly, most of us aren't on our last legs, are we? I mean, even if we, even if we hit a, a stretch in life where we think, I don't know if I can take this, we have... The relationships. We have the spiritual places that we can go. We have a a family of believers that we can tie into for support. We might have the resources in society. All of these things to help see us through. And, and, you know, how many times have we heard when people get into trouble or have difficulty, they say, I just want to put that behind me. Okay? And move on. We have that capacity. Hardly ever are we on our last leg. Hardly ever do we think that the Lord is crushing us. Or not the Lord, the world is crushing us and we cry out to the Lord, Lord, pull us through. 
So counting our blessings when we struggle and need to be reminded of God's constant love is important for us. That's probably not what went on last night, was it? There you were. You were sitting in your lazy boy chair. Maybe you were watching one game and and, and maybe you were watching the other game, and you were counting your blessings in this game, and everything wasn't so blessingful over in that game, okay? Maybe your blessing was double. We had, we've got one, one person in here I know had double blessing because Auburn won and South Carolina won, okay? And, and, he, and, and the world is good, okay, for, for him. <laughs> but if you count your blessings, then the question that we want to wrestle with is, what do I do now? Okay, life isn't at its last leg, but the Lord has blessed me. He's blessed me in in these fashions. What do I do now? Remember, we started last week. We're on this this journey of of unknown number of weeks in the future to count our blessings and to see what it is that the Lord calls us to do with this overflow. Okay, we talked about what would happen in Huntsville if a tornado came and took this church out in the next five minutes. Would anybody miss us? Would, anybody, would anybody's life be less because we were gone? Because we ministered to them in the name of Jesus Christ? Because we demonstrated the things of faith? Would there be a hole in Huntsville because we were gone? And we want to wrestle with that. We want to come to grips with the fact that the Lord calls us to impact our community for the things of Christ. He doesn't just call us to build a really good church, which we have. He calls us to work for the kingdom, which is a different thing. It's a different thing to work and build the kingdom. I don't believe it will be sufficient for us to stand before the Lord and on, uh, when we get up there and he, and, and he looks at us and says, okay, well done, good and faithful servant. Come into the rest that I have prepared before the beginning of time for you. Oh, and, and by the way, what did you do uh, for, for the kingdom and in, in while you were in the world in all those years that you had? You said, well, we had a great church, Okay. And the Lord's going to say, well, what did you do for the kingdom? Why are you there? And we would say, we had great worship. And we, we uh, you know, I studied the word and I filled my heart with the word. And he's going to say, well, what did you do for the kingdom while you were down there? Yeah. He says, how did all that impact the world around you? How did all that impact those who were in need? How did all that impact those who had not heard the gospel? Those who only understood the name of Jesus Christ when they wanted to swear? You know, how did you impact their lives? That's the kingdom we're attempting to demonstrate out of the abundance of what he has blessed us with that's what we're called to bless others with all right so let's look at a couple blessings let's start the process of looking at blessings in our lives and and i'm going to start with one that i bet did not top your list okay you know and and understand where you are okay you're in church so you can expect a certain amount of of, uh, 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 I don't even know the right word. Uh, let me uh, illustrate it. Uh, a kid's sermon, you know, kids are all down front. The, the minister says, now, uh, uh, Johnny, what's, um, what's white and puffy and floats in the air? And he says, well, it sounds an awful lot like a cloud, but I know it has to be Jesus. Okay? Because he's in church. Okay? So you're going to get certain things here, but as from, from the word, and, but we're going to apply those in our lives, and we're going to see what the Lord does with us. Now, let's start with very basic of blessings that we all who are here experienced this morning. 
we open our eyes. Okay? We think, well, that happens every day. Some days it's one eye. Some days both eyes pop open. Now, I don't know if you're a morning person uh, who, as soon as the alarm goes off or as soon as the alarm in your head goes off, you are awake and ready to go. Um, I don't have, uh, I don't want to say, uh, perhaps it skips a generation, okay? Judy and I get up early. None of my girls get up early. <laughs> okay. They're not here, so I can, I can talk about them, okay? Not, neither daughter one, two, or three are morning people. They would all much rather be late night people, okay? And, and uh, I don't know, maybe it's our time in life. You know, 10 o'clock, I'm just done because I get up early. Maybe that's it, okay? I, I don't know, but we opened our eyes, and did we realize the blessing of opening our eyes? Oh, what blessing is that? It's the blessing that God, who is holy and just and perfect, did not, because of his grace and mercy, remove us from existence in this world, which is his right. Because we are not holy and just and righteous, we are sinful, and he, nothing sinful can stand before him. But it is because of his grace that has been bestowed upon us that we are able to continually wake up in the morning. Now, we've talked about these types of things before, so this is no great shock uh, that you would hear this. But we understand that God bears with much patience vessels that are fit for destruction. This is Romans chapter 9. And why does he bear with them much patience? For his vessels of mercy. So in their destruction, his mercy might be demonstrated to those who receive the mercy. Well, you know, God tolerates us. He tolerates us to a certain extent, both those who are saved, those who are his children, who belong to him, and those who are not. And those who are not his, they're being tolerated with patience until their time of destruction. So when I say it's a great blessing that we open our eyes in our own bed this morning, I'm not exaggerating. We should rejoice every day that we wake up. We should be excited that the Lord has given us another day for what purpose? Well, you know, I've got a lot to do today. I've got to work and I've got to take the kids here and here. He's not necessarily blessed us with another day for that. That in those things we might demonstrate his glory. In those things we might be purveyors of the grace of Jesus Christ. In all of your schedule. And then you've got to say, well, how is my schedule arranged? Is it arranged for the Lord or is it arranged for me? Do I have time for the Lord in my schedule? Do I have time for interruptions that the Lord might bring into my life? Now, almost, almost 100% of the time, if you show up, Miss Tina will let you into my office. Okay, almost 100% of the time. Because interruptions are work. Interruptions are opportunities to see what the Lord has for us. Okay, do we take that aspect into all areas of our lives? Okay, what does the Lord have for us? Does, what does he have for me? You know, did you ever, did somebody ever come up to you and you were just annoyed at them? Oh, You know, get away. I don't have time for that. And you went on because you had stuff to do. Perhaps the Lord had sent that person to you for a particular reason and you missed it because you didn't want to take time. You were busy on your schedule. Well, I know I've done that. I know I've done that many times. So we've been blessed to do those things the Lord has called us today. So when your eyes open this morning, did you say, good Lord, it's morning? Or did you say, good morning, Lord? 
You know, like Good Morning Vietnam. Remember that movie? Good morning, Lord. You have something for me today. What will it be? What will it be? I don't know. That's the great excitement, the great mystery that he has for us. All right, let's look at some more blessings. And that's where we come to Ephesians chapter 1. Now, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14, is one sentence. Now, you won't find a sentence that long in uh, the Huntsville Times or Time Magazine or the New Yorker or any place else. You, You probably have to go back 100 years or 150 years to find a sentence this long in society. Because we just don't write like this. But this was the flow of Paul. And as he starts this, he begins with, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he goes from there. It's like, great is the Lord. Now let me tell you what he has blessed us with. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to... Now you'll notice if you're in a pew Bible, there's a period after him. That's for our benefit. Okay, that's not in the Greek. They put a period there so we don't, we don't have to wrestle with one long thought here. They've, they've broken it up here. So, verse 5. In love he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed upon us in the Beloved, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of grace, which he lavished upon us. Remember, lavished? The Lord doesn't give out grace with an eyedropper. He lavishes it upon us. In all wisdom and insight, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his kind intention, which he purposed in him with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times. That is the summing up of all things in Christ things in heavens, things upon the earth. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will, to the end that we who were the first to hope in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise." who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. There's a lot of things in there. And we're, we're just going to breeze through them today. Okay, We're not going to spend a lot of time on these because individually, if you've been here the last nine years, we've covered all of these. So I want you to remember those sermons the last nine years. Okay, So what we have here is we have the work of the Father, we have the work of the Son, and we have the work of the Holy Spirit. In our lives. Remember, we are the ones who don't deserve this, but yet he does this work in our lives. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So which spiritual blessings do we get? Every. All spiritual blessings. And what are they? Well, here's some of the list. That's to follow. And where are they? They are listed in the heavenly places. Now, these are spiritual blessings as they pertain to heaven, yet we receive them here in this earth. 
It's like the inheritance back in verse 14. It is an inheritance. What, when do you get an inheritance? When somebody usually is dead. When do you give an inheritance? Usually when, when you're gone. So there is an inheritance that is guaranteed for us in heaven, but yet it is a, an inheritance that we also enjoy here in this earth. It is the inheritance of being sealed in the Holy Spirit. It is the inheritance of this power and authority that comes through believers as Christ works in his church so that we might serve the kingdom. We might do the things of Christ. We might impact the world around us with these many blessings that he bestows upon us. We don't simply have some. We have all of those blessings. So let's look at a quick list of these blessings. And again, you have seen them in a variety of ways. As we go there, uh, before we get there, I want to turn over to 1 Peter chapter 1. I want you to put your finger there because we're going to refer to that in just a minute. 1 Peter chapter 1. So these are the quick list of spiritual blessings. We have election, adoption, redemption, forgiveness of sins, the revelation of God's purpose in history, sealing by the Holy Spirit, and an inheritance. Okay? That's a quick list of the blessings that the Lord bestows upon us. So let's look first at election. God chose us in him before the foundation of the world. It doesn't say we were smart enough to save ourselves or that we believed and God honored that belief and because of our belief he saved us. It says that God chose us before the foundations of the world. Before the foundation of the world. That's pretty far back. Okay? So at the foundation of the world, when he created the world, he created, and because there was nothing except the Godhead, there was nothing except what he had already created in heaven, and here you have, you know, a God who is eternal, so sometime before he created the world, he had chose us in Christ. So, so when, when was my salvation secure? Before the foundations of the world. And how has that been manifested in my life? Because I professed faith and received Jesus Christ. I was able to profess faith and receive Jesus Christ. Why? Because before the foundation of the world, he had chosen me. That's it. It's God's work. It's sovereign care and love. Why should he save Randy? I don't know. There's nothing within me that deserves saving, except it is his perfect will before the foundations of the earth. That is a blessing. Okay? Because it was up to Randy, you know, might be going good one day, and I'll, I'm loving God today, and then the next I'm not receiving many blessings, I'm not doing very well, and I want to change my mind. Can I unsave myself? Not if God has saved me. I can't unsave me. If the Lord does the work, then what? No one can take me from his hand. The Gospel of John tells us that. Okay? Jonah, you know Jonah. There he is. The Lord says, I want you to go to Nineveh. So what does Jonah do? He goes to Tarshish. (laughs) Tarshish is the other side of the known world from Nineveh. He wants to get as far away from what the Lord wants him to do as possible. And and you you all know what happens. And then the storm comes. They throw him off. Uh, The big fish consumes him. He goes up, spits him out on the beach there at Nineveh. So he goes to Nineveh. And what does he do? He gives the shortest sermon on record, seven words. And what does the Lord do? He changes the city. He changes the city. And Jonah admits in chapter 2, he says, salvation belongs to the Lord. It belongs to the Lord. It is his power and his authority to do this great work. So election, first blessing. 
Adoption, second blessing. Anybody who knows someone who has adopted a child or has adopted a child themselves, you understand what this means. That child who you did not know the day before, who you had no relationship with, who you maybe only knew their name, now suddenly that child is yours. It has your name. It will, he, that child will live in your house. That child will receive your blessings, your name, your inheritance. It is all now that child gets from you. Everything. When the day before, what was that child going to get from you? Nothing. Nothing. That's what God has done to us. We were once enemies. He has adopted us as children. He has given us a new name, an inheritance, a new life, a new heart, all of those things. We belong to him. That's adoption. Redemption, we've been delivered from sin. We were sinful in our mother's womb, Psalm 51 says. But we have been redeemed because of our debt. Our debt is what? Sin. The wages of sin is death. That's why we go to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse uh, 18 and 19. We've received redemption, and what have we been redeemed with? Knowing that you are not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with the precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless. It's the blood of Christ. That's what we've been redeemed with. Okay? We have been redeemed. We have been forgiven of our sins. Now, that is not simply, okay, I forgive you, but the Lord says, I'm going to remember them in case they come up again, in case you do the same stupid thing. Okay, They're going to be locked in my memory. He says, I forgive them. I blot them out. I, I, I wash them from you with the blood of Christ. I remember them no more as far as the east is from the west. That's how God forgets and forgives our sins as far as the east is from the west. The blood of Christ removes that stain of sin from us. God's purpose in history, he has let us in on what he is doing in the world. Okay? He hasn't given us the master plan of everything, but he has told us what is going to happen. He has told us that his son will return. And until he returns, this is what he gives us to do. Build the kingdom. The kingdom is at hand. The kingdom is at hand. That's what John the Baptist said. When Christ came, he began to preach the kingdom of heaven. And what are we to do? The same thing. Work for the kingdom. Work for the kingdom. We have been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Number six, marked with the Spirit in anticipation of God's return. We are set aside and marked with his seal. Revelation, the study in Sunday school, we're looking at those who have been sealed by the Lamb. Then there are all those who bear the mark of somebody else. Okay? But those who have been sealed are protected and cared for. That's what he does. He seals us with the Holy Spirit for an inheritance. An inheritance. This word fits many categories. If you're buying a house, um, what do you have to give them to hold the house? Earnest money. Okay? $500, $1,000. That means you're serious about it. Uh, you've got, uh, guys, you've got this, uh, not if you're already married, but you've got this special girl that you like, and you want to get married, what do you give her? An engagement ring. What does that ring symbolize? This is my commitment. This is a guarantee that we are going to get married, okay? That's the same type of thing here. The Spirit is a guarantee on our inheritance, which is ours. All of these things are given to us in Christ, okay? These are the spiritual blessings, Now, God gives material blessings, but it's not the same. These are guaranteed. Is there a Cadillac in God's word for you? 
I haven't found that page yet, okay? <laughs> I'm looking for it, but I haven't found that page yet. Um, but there are material blessings that come to us, but they're not the same in the sense that they are not guaranteed. If we are faithful, God may bless us in that fashion. It's not a guarantee. These are guaranteed that every believer will receive these blessings. Now, what do we do with them? Do we hoard them? We say, I've got, got salvation. I've got election. You know, I'm elected. I'm not so sure about you, but I'm elected, okay? I'm going to heaven. What do we do with it? What do we do with it? I've got redemption. I've been adopted. You know, I was an enemy of God for years and years. And now he has changed my life. And I am his son. You know what I get as a son? I get all of these things. What do you do with them? Hold them tight. Don't let them, anybody have them. No, you've got to give them away. You have to give them away. Now, these are blessings that can never be taken from us. We can never remove ourselves from the care of our Heavenly Father. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. That's clear in Scripture. Now, what do we have to fear? What do we have to fear to go and to work for the kingdom? Well, we've got fear of the unknown. When I talk about work for the kingdom, let's just take this aspect. Uh, the least of these, okay? How do I go and work for the kingdom in the, with the least of these? You know, I'm kind of intimidated by the least of these. They don't look like me. They don't live where I live. They don't speak the same language as me sometimes. What do I do? What did Jesus do? Okay. Now, uh, that's a pretty open-ended question. When he came upon some people, now, being God, he knew what their needs were. In Mark, he comes upon a leper. Okay? And he sees this leper, and he doesn't walk up and heal him. He listens to the leper, and he says, what do you want me to do? He says, if you can, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So Jesus did. Comes across a man, Mark chapter 9, whose son is possessed. And he asks the man some questions. He never says, what do you want? He lets the man say what he wants. Now, I'm not going to go into that now. We'll we'll go into those things a little bit later as as we explore these blessings. But as we attempt to work for the kingdom, when we come across the least of these, and and, and fear keeps, I don't know what to do. How do I minister? How do I present the gospel? Do I pull out my track and give them the four spiritual laws? Do I give them a a $10 bill with, with a Bible verse on it? What do I do? You ask them. How is it that I can ask the Lord to bless you today? What is it that you need that I can do? How can I care for you? See, those are some of the basic questions that we start with. And when people see that we are interested in caring for them, their ears are much more open to how they can hear the gospel. Okay, why are you doing this? You start to care for somebody, sooner or later they're going to say, why are you doing this? And your answer is, because the love of Christ compels me to demonstrate that love to you. What do you do with that? Okay, There's nothing in it for me. It's the love of Christ that dwells within me that compels me to care for you. That compels me to demonstrate that same love to you. We've got a long time to learn about this, to explore it, and to do it. As we look at what the Lord has blessed us with and what he calls us to do with that blessing.
Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what God will do. I changed the words. See what God will do with you. Let's pray. Lord, we we can't get our minds around some of these blessings. Blessing of, of salvation, that you have saved us. That you have adopted us. That you have redeemed us out of... Uh, uh, let us loose of these chains of sin and, and bondage and ways of thinking and ways of, of, of looking at the world. Yes, you have freed us from these things. That you have forgiven us of our sins, washed us clean, given us an inheritance, secured these things that they can never be taken from us. And now you say, live in that boldness, live in that assurity. Do the work of the kingdom. What can harm you? Lord, what a great field for ministry is before us. And what a great blessing you have given us all of these years to grow and to try and to explore. And Lord, what are you going to call us to do? We want to count our blessings and now see what you will do with us, yielded to your will, quiet before you, seeking the opportunity to demonstrate the great blessings you have given to us. Lord, as we go down this path, I pray that just in in little ways to start with, ways, Lord, that would help us see that you are working, help us see success in, in, in doing some of these things that we may never even thought about before, Lord, that you would prepare the way and bring people into our lives, bring opportunities for us to bless them. Bring opportunities into our lives that we might live out the things of Christ because your love compels us to demonstrate that in word and in deed, to say the things of Christ, to live the things of Christ, to be your hands and feet. All of these things we ask in our precious Savior's name. Amen. Our hymn is 469, Higher Ground. Let's stand as we sing all four verses of 469.